thank the, the Lord for these wonderful texts. And as I have began my study of the Gospel of John, it's not every book I read that I gain a message from, but as I was reading through early one morning, about a week, week and a half ago, I sent a text out to someone that I know is usually up pretty early about this text. So begin to read with me in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 43. <clears throat> the, day following Je- the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew, and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. What a wonderful invitation that someone could give. Come and see that thought. While it's not my thought tonight, the thought of come and see has laid upon my heart as a challenge each and every Christian must carry each and every day. Come and see. We have the answer. We have the one whom Moses had prophesied of, the prophets had pointed to, in every form and every fashion, he was born exactly as they had said. God had foretold it. God had foreseen it. And God followed through with it. Come and see. Nathaniel, he uh, must have had a little bit of an awe against Nazareth. I don't know. They were, they were neighbors. The high school football teams played against each other. Uh, they... Toilet paper at each other's houses every once in a while. Here, that's going around. And uh, maybe they were enemies. Maybe they were rivals. He says, can anything come out of Nazareth? Anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, just, just come and see, brother. Come on. Verse 47, he says, Jesus saw Nathanael. This is where our thought for our text will come tonight. In verse 47 through verse 51. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. So while Nathanael had a little bit of a, an odd against Nazareth, he also was a blunt and an honest man. Jesus saw that and Jesus knew that. Before Nathanael had an ability or an opportunity to come and see him, Jesus had already saw Nathaniel. He knew, knew Nathaniel. He created Nathaniel. He knows everything about him. And what interests me tonight is what we find in verse 48. Nathaniel saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Where, where, how do you know me? Where do you know me from? See, this wasn't the Facebook days. You ever been around anybody and, and they act like they know you, but they only know you on Facebook? That's just, it's just strange. I don't like it. This is a different day. Jesus hadn't seen Nathaniel's Facebook. Jesus was his creator. He knew him in every form and every fashion. He says, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou 
was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. What convinced Nathanael to commit blasphemy to the Pharisees? What convinced Nathanael to, to call uh, a human being that many of the Jews would never uh, acknowledge as the Son of God? What caused him and what pushed uh, Nathanael to call him rabbi, to say, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel? What caused him to do that? Jesus said, I saw thee. Tonight I want to talk to you for just a moment about how he knows us. We see here with Nathaniel, there's three things that Jesus knows about Nathaniel. He knows Nathaniel by his fig tree. He knows Nathaniel by his faith, and he knows Nathaniel by his fellowship. The significance of the fig tree, and, and just know this is what I believe this says. You go read a commentary or hear somebody else preach this. There's a lot of opinions about this fig tree. So I'm just... I'm just telling you what I believe the Holy Spirit has impressed on my heart. I've not been able to get rid of this for the past week or two. The fig tree was significant in the Jewish culture because that's where many of the Jews went to pray. That was a per perfect place for them to go because the fig tree in the heat of the day, it's been told to me that in the heat of the day around noontime, during their lunch break, a shepherd could go get under the fig tree and have plenty of shade and cool from the heat and the sun. So this was a popular place for the Jews to go. And over time, like anything else, it became tradition. It became a perfect place and a known place where you could find a Jew in his prayer closet. Anybody got a prayer closet? Thank the Lord for the prayer closets. This fig tree, I believe, is... Significant because that was, in my opinion, Nathaniel's prayer closet. So how does Jesus know us? When he looks at us and he says, I saw thee, our relationship with him all starts at a fig tree. Any Christian, any true believer in Jesus Christ should be able to look back throughout your history and go back throughout your, your past and find a time where you got on your knees and you looked to God and you said, Lord, I am unworthy, I am not righteous, <clears throat> I am wrong, I am wicked, <clears throat> I am in need of salvation, I'm full of sin, and I need you to forgive me. If you have that kind of relationship with Jesus Christ, which is the only way that you'll have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he will know you and you know him by that time you spent in prayer asking him to be your savior. I've heard people say, well, I don't know the day or I don't know the year. That doesn't matter. Time doesn't mean a thing to God. I don't remember what I prayed. Well, that doesn't matter because when you can't pray, the Holy Ghost will pray for you. I, I'm telling you, I'm seven years old. I know the day. I know the year. I'll probably forget it one day. That's happened to some people. Some people for years, I, I know the year or the day. You forget about it. It does not matter the year or the day. It does not matter uh, all the religious things that we say because we think this is what a Christian, uh, will, the way a Christian will pray. <coughs> what matters is that you have prayed and you have asked Jesus Christ become, to become the Lord of your life. 
And what Jesus is saying is he says to Nathaniel, I saw thee under the fig tree. I have a relationship with you because I have seen you when you were crying out and calling out to me. We serve a big God. We serve the kind of God that knows when we cry out, when we call out. I woke up this morning in a panic. I haven't felt the best this week, uh, but I woke up this morning. I slept in a little bit later, and I was, I was already. I started out ill. I started out frustrated. I started out with all these feelings and all this aggravation, all this emotion. Before I opened my eyes this morning, I had to get under my fig tree and say, Lord, you're going to have to help me fight this battle. You're going to have to bind this anger. You're going to have to bind this frustration. You're going to have to bind uh, the, the things in my mind. And I thank God for a fig tree. He knows us because he sees back on the, uh, September 11th, 2003, a little boy accepting him as his, as his Savior. But also he sees me and he knows me today because when I call out to him, I'm one of his own. And when we come to him and we go back to that place, now it changes over the years, don't it? <coughs> My fig tree sometimes is right here on this seat where I sit before the service. And right before the service, I can see the light shine through on the stained glass. Thank the, thank the Lord, whoever decided to put stained glass in this building, thank you. I can see our Savior pray on this stained glass window over here. You say, we're not here to worship idols. No, it's just, that's pointing me to the fig tree. The one spending time under, under his fig tree. The one that prays for me when I cannot, cannot pray. Well, the one who prayed for me before the foundation of the earth. The one who prayed for me when death was on his mind. Thank the Lord. He, that's, that's how he cares. He knows me by my salvation, which is what we see, our fig tree. He knows me by my faith. And he knows me by my fellowship. Now, I don't know what it is that happened under that fig tree with Nathaniel. But as soon as Jesus mentioned that to him, he had faith. He says, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. What a blessing it is that we have this opportunity of fellowship with him and that he sees us and he knows us by that time we spend in prayer to him. I talk to people and their lives are just falling apart. And in a roundabout way, you ask them if they've been praying. No. He knows everything about me, but he wants to hear from me. We should not ever come to somebody and, and, and lay our burdens upon them if we do not first lay our burdens upon the Lord. So next time, in a nice way, someone comes to you about something, and hey, they, you may be their confidant. You may be the person that, that they come and talk to. Ask them, have you been under the fig tree? Because there's some power in our prayer, amen? Not only the prayer of salvation, but the prayer that we have, the fellowship that we have in prayer. We go to him and we have fellowship with God in that private place. And what happens is 
if we pray to him, if we spend time with him, if we make time for him, we become excited. You'll become excited about your faith like you once were. You'll become to yearn to fe for fellowship. You know the, the trick I've learned about ministry? This is, a, this is a hack is what they call it now. People think, well, having a, got a computer with all these Bible programs. I've got 152 commentaries, or I've got 10 different Bibles, or I've got the Greek text, and I, I've been to Bible college, and I've read all these things, and I've had people teach me how to preach, and I've, had, uh, I've preached here, and I've preached there. You know the key to ministry, the key to life, the key to coming to this church, the key to your family is prayer? But it's overlooked completely. We think, out of my power, if I study this, or I look at this, or if I read this book, I do this thing, or I've informed myself with this, this thing, or I've went to college, or I've done all these things. We're going to be able to be effective in the church. It takes a fig tree, folks. The most effective people for God spend time in their prayer closet. You say, well, I talk to God all the time. You know what I've learned about talking to God is sometimes I just need to hush. Sometimes the best way to talk to God is shut your mouth. That's been me recently. I'm praying. This great, amazing prayer. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to copy and paste this over in a message. This sounds so good. Holy Ghost, deal with me. You need to shut up. Sorry to use that. There ain't no kids in here. You need to hush. And I just spend quiet time. I'm telling that fig tree, that's how he knows us. He knows us by our faith. He knows us by our fellowship with him. And how vital it is. That we have a place that we go and we seek the face of God. And we say, Lord, I'm coming to call out upon you under my fig tree. And Lord, I need to do a lot of talking today. Or maybe we need to listen. Maybe we need to zip it. Maybe we need to let him do the talking. And five minutes into it and you hadn't heard nothing, don't get, don't get angry. Don't pick the phone back up. Don't go back to what you were doing. Listen until you get something from God. Pray until you feel him coming to your presence. People think this stuff's crazy. They ain't ever prayed, folks. You wonder if they've ever been under the fig tree at all. Aside from a religious move. You've lost your mind this week, preacher. God has been working in my heart about my prayer life. And challenging me about how I pray. So I'm the one in need of prayer tonight. He knows me by my faith. And he sees me, and that's the one. If, if I were Nathaniel, he could say, I knew you. I saw you. I saw thee under the fig tree about my salvation. But what about my fellowship? Makes sense tonight? What about my fellowship? I've told you about Riley asking about heaven. And it's gone further now. He's asking about the Holy Spirit. I'm like, you're three years old. I told Shelby this morning, I said, you can take it. You can have it. My mind, this kid, he's about, to, he's about to roast my mind. These questions, he's three. I'll tell a little funny story on him, though. The other day, of course, the preacher's kid, hard time, we have a hard time getting him to pray with us sometimes. He'll be quiet, but he'll sit there and look at you like you're crazy while you pray. I know because I've peeked at him. <laughs> Trying to teach him 
why we do what we do, and how to pray, and how we, how we do this. The other day, I was in my office, and I said, Riley, I'm going to close the door. I'm going to pray. He had a TV show on, and I said, I'm just going to close the door. I'm going to pray. God had been dealing with me about my fig tree. And it became urgent. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you, it became an urgent need in my heart to pray. And it hadn't been that way in a while. And Riley, I look up when I get done praying, and Riley had been standing in the door for some time watching me pray. Didn't say a word, looking at me and listening to me pray. We get home, now he's praying. Started to go to the bathroom. He said, please, God, help me go to the bathroom. I heard him in there last night in the bathroom. Please, God, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. You know what? I thought, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to pray for. Should we not pray in all things? If our faith could just get to that point where everything in our life, every aspect in our life, every decision that we make, everything that we need to do, whether it's of our body and it's natural, whether it's of a decision that we make, if it's a financial thing, if it's a church move, if it's some kind of decision that we have in our job or our business, uh, those are the things we seek God for. But even the little things, could we not go to the fig tree? Because I believe he sees and he knows the fig tree. And he will answer prayers for me when I ain't praying like I should. And I thank God that he has grace and he has mercy and he's good to me even when I don't do as I should. But how much deeper and how much richer this Christian life is when I spend time praying to him. That when I see him, he can say, I saw thee. I heard you pray. I heard your burden. I heard your heart. I listened to your groans and I listened to your cries. I heard your tears and I, I held you in my bosom when you were hurting and you were in pain. I believe that pleases God. He's good to us. When, we don't eat, when, when I don't do like I should, he's still good to me. Why do I not take advantage of my time in prayer like I should? If he's blessing me and he loves me and he's good, good for me when I'm not as obedient as I need to be, why would I not spend more time in that private place that he sees and that he knows? The good things God does and the things God has blessed our church, we've had nearly 50 young people coming to Mountaineers. Our church, there's a sense of unity and a spirit of unity in our church. The building gets full in, in some services. People are excited. We had... 250, 300 plus people here the other night excited about being here. and We've seen people saved. We've seen people's lives change. Answered prayers. Things happen. Thinking about Brother Dwayne today, things happen, but God's grace is sufficient. God's going to get us through this. God will heal. God will protect. But in an instant, 
for the grace of God to move away from this hill. Could you imagine the turmoil in our lives? We need to be calling on God in everything. Lord, I'm coming back to you, to this private place, this quiet place. Or I've never prayed, or I hadn't prayed in a long time. It, it doesn't matter. Get real about your prayer life. Because when Jesus sees you, he knows everything about you. But I believe what he knew about Nathaniel is the time that he had spent quiet with God. His faith that he had and the fellowship when he went back. So often do we go to the prayer closet for salvation, yet neglect the prayer closet throughout the rest of life. I wonder how many Christians, they're saved and their prayer life is trivial or non-existent. He says to Nathaniel, he says, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than thee. Thou shalt see greater things than these. I believe the people that are able to see and experience the greatest things about God's goodness are people that spend time with Him. You see, so much of the mindset of church is we come to hear from the preacher. I mean, just if you take it all out of it, that's the preached word is the center of each and every service aside from a special service it is I'm not trying to make it about me I'm just that's the truth and so often our mindset is focused on well we're going to go hear from the preacher we hear the singing we hear the prayer requests we hear the 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 announcements but we're going to go hear from the preacher and what's happened is the devil has created a lukewarm church Focused of, well, the preacher's got the answer. Or the Sunday school teacher's got the answer. Or, or the singing will give me the answer. Or this thing will give me the answer. Or this fellowship will give you the answer. Without praying church people, the preached word can do nothing. Without praying church people that spend time under that fig tree, the singing can do nothing. The Sunday school classes can do nothing. We must come bearing our firewood. I can't bring it all. You can't bring it all. We must together come together bringing our firewood. I've got mine. You've got yours. Mine will only burn for so long. Mine burns about 20, 25 minutes and the people start looking into the, into the sky. Mine burns fast. It's kindling. But we must, how, how empty-handed sometimes do we come to church? coming just to get something but how often do we think about bringing something when you bring a prayed up heart prayed up soul you know what happens with with prayer prayer starts you off in a spiritual battle with armor i woke up this morning and the devil i mean it was like a 10 pound hammer on my forehead this morning just Right, I mean, as soon as I realized I was awake, the devil was attacking me. 
and there I am. Lord, I need your help. I need you to come fight this battle. I can't do this. And thank the Lord that he steps in and he, he helps us to fend off the, the darts and devices that the devil seeks to throw in our way. You try to fight that battle without prayer. Am I crazy tonight? Try to fight the battle without prayer. Yet we do. That's where we find the lukewarm church. The devil, he's spun like, and I, I use the example like a top. Spin a top, and as long as the top's got momentum, it'll keep spinning. Hit a wall, hit, hit the floor. As long as it's got momentum and it's staying upright, it'll keep spinning. The devil spins Christians, and they just keep spinning, spinning, spinning. And they become lukewarm. I've been there. But it was my prayer life. It was coming back and spending personal time with the Lord that transformed the excitement I had. I heard one preacher say, I don't want the only thing I've ever done for God was be saved. Because I didn't even do that for God. He did that for me. My prayer, prayer and supplication. What did we just preach on recently? If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. There's a lot of things going good, but we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised next week. We have no guarantee that this building will be standing on Sunday morning. We have no guarantee that we will have the help to get us here Sunday morning. And we may pray like we have never prayed before and we still not make it here on Sunday morning. But I would rather the things that will come to me in this life come to me prayed up and him seeing me under my fig tree in my faith and my fellowship than to face them without prayer on my side. Prayer, the fire extinguisher. I'm sorry to preach at the fire extinguisher every time. Prayer is a fire extinguisher and a spare wheel. But that's how he knows us, is our time spent with him. So I challenge you tonight, as we dismiss this service, would you pray for you, just you, each day the rest of this week? Would you spend time with God expecting something? Saying, God, I know you know me. But God, I want you to see me being obedient to your precious word. And do it for you. Go to him and call upon him. Expecting him to bless you with something. And he'll be a friend. And he'll listen. But be sensitive. There's times where he needs to be a parent and direct you and correct you. But do it for you. And if I would just pray for me, God search me, God direct me, God help me, God show me. When I come to Mountain View, it'll be much easier to know how he wants to direct me. When I go to that job that I dread, 
you might dread it a little less. Most of the time I went into work dreading the jobs because I hadn't prayed. So this is the worst job I ever had in my life. Some of the worst jobs I've ever had have been times of prayer. God's blessed me in my prayer life. We've never been promised this life to be easy. Just pray for you. Pray for your family that God would guard their hearts and their minds. And then pray for this church. Revival starts at home. How can we expect God to send us something if things aren't right at home? If we individually aren't right. Now God can use this that we'll see hopefully in the next week. God will use this to restore. But praying people, we're going to have to pray. And it's not my job to point out who ain't praying. You just pray for you. You pray for your family. You pray for your, for your church. Please do that the rest of this week. Because I'd love to see some firewood brought in on Sunday morning. We get too religious. And church just becomes a task. So that's easy. You're a full-time pastor. You get, it's not easy. What you have to be careful of is that it doesn't become a job. And you treat it like your job. Let's pray together.